I don't think anyone has the ability to fully anticipate the final breath of a loved one. The sudden news may bring some into debilitating state, wherein the words may fail to express or even rationalize the abrupt clasp around our throat and the shiver within our physical frame. There is no escape from the wave of the stress and confusion that may impair our response. How could this be? How could this happen? Could we have had a little more time? Maybe I would have done something different. Maybe I could have been more patient, loving, understanding. Could I relive our last conversation and say what I needed to? These were the type of questions I asked myself when I assumed the role of Paul Bear for two funerals in the past few months, both of whom were amazing individuals and amazing friends. They both were young and carried a fire within them, a kind of warmth and acceptance that you would be fortunate to have met them even for a moment, to see their smile, laugh, and for them to genuinely be interested in who you are. For many of us, especially in the past two years, loss and anguish have become commonplace in many of our households. In these circumstances, where could we turn to find guidance, direction, to navigate through a season of grief? In our own creation story, when the people had come into the fifth world after the flood, they were faced with the question of their mortality. The people considered whether they can live without the prospect of death. In response to this plight, Coyote offers his wisdom. This is in the book, Deneb Bahane, page 82. It reads, When everyone at last reached the mainland, the people all wanted to know what would become of them. So someone threw a hide scraper into the water and had this to say, If it sinks, we will eventually perish. But if it floats, we shall go on living. It floated, and everyone was glad. But then Mutti, the coyote, stood up, and he had this to say, Wait a minute, let me do this, he said. And before anyone could object, he picked up a stone and spoke this way. If it floats, we will all live forever. But if it sinks, everyone will die sooner or later. Of course the stone sank, and everyone grew angry. They called Mutti names, they cursed him. Some of the people threatened to throw him in the water, but he cried out. This is what he said. Wait, listen to me. If we go on living, and if the women keep having babies... There will be too many people. There won't be any room. Nobody will be able to move around us. There will be no space to plant corn. Is it better that each one of us should live here for just a while until old age slows us down? Not just until we can't hunt, not just until we can't plant and harvest, but until we can't think, until we can no longer speak. Then we ought to move on. Leave everything behind for the young. Make room for the next generation. When the people heard Ma'i the coyote had to say, they recognized the wisdom of his words. Grudgingly, they agreed that he was right, and one by one they grew silent. Coyote, like a philosopher, not only argues on behalf of his position, but he also provides perspective on the nature of our experience and necessary questions for our soul. What can we gather from this occasion? The first thing to note is that this is actually the second time by which the people know who got Dene'eh 
were faced with the harsh reality of their inevitable bodily demise. The first occasion was during the separation of the sexes, and in that case, extinction loomed as a consequence of their unwillingness to humble themselves enough to acknowledge the significance of one another. But thanks to Owl and his wisdom, they found justification to reconcile the differences and continue together. In this occasion, with Coyote, it is still in the spirit of continuance, but also understanding that death must be a necessary asset to allow the next generation to come and prosper. The second point of interest is the absence of any notion concerning an afterlife. There is no mention here, or during the separation of the sexes, of a supernatural location wherein our consciousness survives the death of our body. This certainly is addressed later in the story, but we would be amiss if we fail to notice this right now. But the question is, why would the story withhold the thought of an afterlife in these early circumstances? My opinion is that our ancestors are attempting to demonstrate the significance of living a good life now. In other words, the life we live on this earth is just as important as the life to come after our death. Lastly, this may give us a brief window into the mindset of our ancestors when faced with hardship. They understood that harmony is not the absence of death and suffering. Rather, it is the intricate balance of all circumstances, experiences, thoughts, conditions. It is the understanding that all is necessary for life. All is necessary for Hajjol. We can imagine stories like these addressing death and suffering were vital for our ancestors, in whom face unimaginable anguish and loss due to the longest project of ethnic cleansing in human history. Yes, even in the darkest days and occurrences, wisdom persists and Hajjol endures. Is this true? The funeral days. Many thoughts ran through my head during these occasions. The stories shared by friends and family reminded me that these individuals lived lives that are far more full and vibrant than the average person. The lives they touched and changed were present to say their goodbyes and thank yous. And as we began the casket viewing, I saw friends and acquaintances I haven't seen in years. I've seen gray hairs, tired eyes, and a few minor wrinkles. I briefly recalled memories with each when we were young. Yet here we all are in different stages in our lives. Some of us settled into our own families and careers. Some of us have just begun to discover our passions and abilities. I saw what were mothers, fathers, aunties and uncles, now grandmothers and grandfathers, full of wisdom and discernment. And I saw something interesting. I saw children I have never seen before, babies that have come into the world in the past decade, experiencing life as it comes. Is this what Coyote was telling us? All we work for, our goals, our passions, it's not only for ourselves, but it's for them, so they can prosper, experience the joys of their youth, to laugh and cry, to make their own friends, to make their own memories, to grow and learn, to someday have their own kids and have sleepless nights of worry, to be tired yet satisfied when they watch their children thrive and to view it all in the end in pure contentment that life will continue as it did for them. This is what Coyote wants us to see. This is his wisdom. We live in the context of Keh and life must continue. This is our purpose. Nahukah Dene'eh.